And here we are with the definition of a powerful young entrepreneur. Take life by the balls. Do what you want to do and live it how you want to live it. I got mucho respect for my guest today, Miss Jackie Sugar Vixen. Do you want club soda with that? Sure, I'll take club soda. What are we that. drinking today, Harry? Go. We're drinking fucking tequila, man. Woo-wee. I'm going to go with the vodka today. It's a vodka kind of day today for me. That's fair. Yeah. So, welcome to K-Man Don't Know Shit. And I usually start off by talking a little bit about how I know somebody. Sure. And just because it seems it kind of happened naturally that all my guests end up being people that I've done things with. And I've done something with you. I met you through a friend of a friend. And you were in a video that we made called Space Thriller off of uh, one of our albums. And videos on YouTube if anybody wants to check out Miss Jackie. And Jackie, today I'm going to learn some stuff. Absolutely. And the reason it's called K-Man Don't Know Shit is because I realize there's all kinds of shit that I don't know. <laughs> and today we're going to talk about burlesque. You've been involved in burlesque and you're well known in the scene. I know this and don't deny it. <laughs> um, first of all, let's start with what is or what is your definition of what is burlesque? Because a lot of people might have different views on what it is. Absolutely. So to me, burlesque is... Cheers, by the way. For cheers, yes. mate. Let's start with che- cheers. Fucking yes. happy holidays. Right? Yeah, <laughs> man. <laughs> mm. To me, burlesque is like a very theatrical, dramatic form of striptease. Okay. Um, the art of striptease, if you will. It's um, kind of like live theater performance art. It encompasses a storyline, dance music, sometimes singing, um, a lot of acting, portraying of different characters and storylines in a live presentation that is unparalleled to any other type of performance that I could really think of. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really, really special and you have like the freedom and power to do whatever you want essentially on stage. You can convey messages that are political or you could be uh, subverting traditional tropes surrounding gender or sexuality that exists in society. Um, like, do you know much about like the history of burlesque? Like, I mean, absolutely. it seems to me like you know, you see cowboy movies and they might have burlesque <laughs> in it. For a lot of people, yeah. I think I think they go, you know, back to those days. But I even have a feeling it might even go farther than that. Absolutely. So, like, when you think of the golden era of burlesque, um, it started back in the 1920s and really went on until like the 1960s, even 1970s. Um, 1980s, there was a, like a little bit of a decline. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, Is that it, when it shifted more strippers? Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of people speculate that the decline in burlesque was because of television. Right. Um, because burlesque was traditionally for working class folks. Um, it was like affordable mode of entertainment. Right, right. Um, with the television, that's less people going out to shows, right? Mm-hmm. So, and also, like, some people speculate that, like, second wave feminism and they're like anti pornography, um, women aren't sexual beings um, kind of mantra kind of also led to that decline, okay. which is like utterly ridiculous when you think about it today because, like, you know, third wave feminism is more about inter- like intersectional issues. So like issues of sexuality, uh, gender, race, uh, mm-hmm. social justice, disability, all those like issues coming more um, at the forefront. Right. So it's not just like white 
cis heterosexual female woman being at the forefront, which was very much second wave, right? Mm -hmm. It's now like, I would even argue that we're in fourth wave where it's like, no, like we celebrate like sex workers. We celebrate um, transgender folk. Like it's well, not Well, that, that was actually like, one of my questions for you. Is, yeah. like, is it considered sex work? Burlesque, no. Okay. Um, some people kind of have it skewed because it's like, well, if burlesque is stripping and stripping is sex work, therefore it is sex work. But that's absolutely not the case mm -hmm. um, because there is still... Um, like sex work involves like a transaction. So like stripping, for example, um, is sex work because there's a transaction that is happening. Like a personal transaction, exactly. one on one. Exactly. Right. And there are like there is a, a trade of like sexual services that are in that are being engaged in, right? Okay. Um, burlesque, it's like still very much like it's a performance. Mm -hmm. It's a mode of entertainment that does encompass sexuality. Right. So there's a difference there, right? Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, so <coughs> where was Sorry. I with all of this? Well, we're talking about the history yes, a, a bit. The and history. already, like, you're bombarding, I'm getting all, all these facts <laughs> because, I, I, like, I tend to think uh, burlesque tends to incorporate, uh, you know, a lot of performance art, mm -hmm. right? That, that's kind of my, my very basic view on yeah. it, you know what I mean? And uh, because, I mean, we're talking, like you said, you know, you can express yourself, whether it's political views, even yep. uh, um, dancing, singing, or a storyline. Um, but like each performance is quite short, if I'm yep. not mistaken. Like yeah. the length of a song, would you say? Yeah, or? but that wasn't always the case. So okay. back in the golden era, uh -huh. um, a given set, a performer would be on stage for like 10 to 20 minutes. Oh, really? So it was like very long form mm -hmm. and like very much about like parading around on stage. I would argue that it was still like adhering to the male gaze because, um, as I said before, like it was like a mode of entertainment for working class folk. Right. So like, you know, Minsky Theater in, in New York and like back in the 20s, like that is like a, a very like primal kind of um, example of like golden era burlesque. Um Neo burlesque, which started in the 90s. What is neo burlesque? So that's like the burlesque revival. Because remember, okay. I talked about like the decline. So yeah, it got revived. Yeah. yeah. So in the 90s in New York, um, there was this this movement of like burlesque revival, which is now referred to as neo burlesque. Mm -hmm. And that's still what we engage with today. Um, so everything that happens now is is still like considered neo-burlesque though a lot of performers they still the way that they perform is in a very traditional sense like right. you know the the huge costumes the glamour mm -hmm. the opulence yeah so i kind of like to play between like old burlesque and like neo-burlesque where i i can like look like a beautiful um lady on stage but <laughs> you know like i'm also there's like hidden messages of like no like screw gender norms and like screw like the way that I'm supposed to look in this world like I'm actually just like portraying um my own kind of sexual freedom and liberation on stage because mm -hmm. like I fucking need a way to like exist in Absolutely. this world without Absolutely. being so angry every yeah. day you know I mean when you say that's you know one of the reasons a, a lot of artists you know just do art in general exactly like to you know either escape or you know, have, feel that need of 
you know, saying something, no matter what it is. But I, I think anytime somebody gets on stage and people are seeing something, they are automatically saying something. Even absolutely. if it's nothing, they're still saying something. Exactly. Right? So it's 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 absolutely like a mode of creative self-expression. Mm-hmm. And I feel like very thankful that I have this outlet because I like I trained as a dancer for a huge part of my life, oh, kind really? of fell out of love with it. Um, you know, I was like an angsty teenager, like <laughs> just listening to punk rock, getting tats. And then like, yeah. obviously I couldn't do dance training anymore because mm-hmm. that's not conducive to that kind of like strict, um, caddy, like competitive lifestyle. Right. And right. then, um, when I was going to school at Dawson college, I actually met a burlesque performer slash like sex columnist slash sex worker and sex worker rights activists and like just like this embodiment of like everything that I like wanted to be in Mm -hmm. my life just like a fucking powerhouse you know that's Um, cool that you mentioned that because one of my first questions was gonna be like what was your introduction like how did you where did you first hear that this existed it was in a fucking Dawson College. <laughs> Get an education, new, yeah. <laughs> yeah, new school humanities course. Right, right. Yeah, so just like wild. So I met her and I was just like, fuck, how do I do this? Mm-hmm. And she was just like, um, well, you should you know, reach out to troops in Montreal, see how you can get involved, you know, like maybe do some stage managing work. And that's exactly what I did. Uh So I kind of just like spent a year going to shows and like, I was young, Mm -hmm. like I was 18 for fuck's sake. Yeah. And and then like, sure enough. um, In Montreal, that is that considered like the line of legality? Yeah. Yeah, I say Montreal because I, I have a feeling it's probably not the same everywhere. Yeah. I mean, well in the U S for example, like you can still, um, get on a stage when you're 18, like in, uh, in like venues that permit people that are 18, but obviously you can't have a drink until you're 21. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you can take your clothes off, honey, but you can't have a drink. Well, I know that still f- blows my mind. Well, fuck, you it's know? the same thing. Like, oh, you can own a gun, but like yeah. you can't have a drink until you're 21. I- exactly. You know, so. or you can perform the MMA and you know beat each other's heads in, but you can't have a drink while you do it. You know. <laughs> <sighs> so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I met this person and then I started getting involved in the scene. Um, and then I took my first ever burlesque class. And then at the end of it, there was a student showcase. And then I did my first ever performance in the upstairs cabaret venue of Cafe Cleopatra. Right. And um, Famous Montreal venue. Fuck yeah. yeah. It's a heritage site. So yeah. many people have tried to buy it out, knock it down, build condos. Mm-hmm. But it's like so fucking like famously placed in the old red light district of yeah. Montreal. Like it's it's literally a heritage building in yeah. Montreal. For people so who like, don't know, that's on St. Laurent Street just below St. Catherine. Exactly. Yeah. And the downstairs is still a strip club. Oh, really? So, yeah, yeah. that's the first strip club I ever went to. <laughs> <Yeah>. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it, wait, it, that is where I said it was, right? That uh, Was I right on that? Yeah, it's, okay, it's right across the street too. from Club Soda. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the know. Montreal Pool Room, which is... They even they yeah. do all kinds of things at that venue as well, right? Because I, I know at Pooza Fest, Pusa. it's now yeah. one of the venues. And I saw a great show there. It was a, a ska band from uh, the States called Be Like Max. Mm-hmm. And, and the place was packed and it was hopping yeah. and it was fantastic. But it's beautiful. Oh, it's, it's absolutely beautiful. And so, like, it being a heritage site, there's actually, like, the government protects that building. Like, mm-hmm. it can't get it can't get knocked down. So yeah. I think that's pretty wonderful. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so I had my first show there. And then wow. from there, I just like started performing regularly at the Wiggle Room. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been doing burlesque for six years now. And I like, I literally can't imagine 
my life without it. Like right. it's really, every time I take to the stage, it's a cathartic experience. Like I could be having a perfectly great a horrible day and then mm. like i go on stage i fucking rip my clothes off and it's like i'm peeling away all these like oppressive layers that have been tacked on to me throughout my entire life and it's just like a like a beautiful rock and roll spiritual experience absolutely i was gonna ask you what wh you know what does burlesque bring to you you know it to, you know yeah. to, obviously if you do it it's because you you feel well doing yeah, it you absolutely. know and i'm sure it, as much as you give to burlesque i'm pretty positive it gives back to you as well it does yeah you know? and not just like from my performances but like the the like-minded passionate people that i meet mm -hmm. um it's it's really unique in the sense that it's this kind of like multidisciplinary world where yeah. so many of us come into it with like a background whether it be in theater in music in dancing or all the above or even just like fashion styling or costume right. making because like, isn't that a huge part of it as well absolutely yeah like okay you, you perform i don't know how on average, let's say in a month, how many times do you think you perform? About seven times a month, yeah. Which is quite a lot. Now, yeah. does that mean you need seven different costumes a month? No, so the thing is... <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I have, like, a repertoire of, okay. of um, my signature acts. Right. Quote-unquote signature acts mm -hmm. that I... Um, that I perform many times over because those are, like, my strong... Uh, constructed, like well rehearsed, yeah. extravagant like your, costume acts. Exactly, <laughs> right? exactly. Yeah, and it's it's crazy because like people don't, um, you know, like if you're just an audience member that doesn't do burlesque and you see me do one of these acts, like you have no idea um, the infinite amount of hours that have gone into this like right. five to six minute piece, right? Mm -hmm. Like you build the thing, but then like like your costume is also your choreography so like you know there's going to be things that fuck up like you're trying to like take off your dress and you like something snags and like right. you're you're like fuck well like i have to fix this like and that's just a small little example of like how much work like the work is never over mm -hmm. essentially there's always things that you can fine tune there's always things that you want to fix and because like these are your signature acts you're going to get fucking tired of them right right, right. it's like well, this be, becomes a creative part of it as well, yeah, right? How do like, you keep yourself motivated? To... Exactly. Like, think about the Ramones and how fucking tired they must have been <laughs> right. a bit of, like, playing 53rd and 3rd. Like, yeah, man. <laughs> you know? <laughs> as a musician, I, I get that. Like, sometimes, yeah. you know, you get in a band, it's like you have your regular set. If you're on tour especially, you know? But everyone's wired. Like, oh, let's throw this in. Let's take this out. You, you got to mix it up, you know? Just yeah. to keep yourself interested because more interested you're going to be, you know, obviously your show is going to be more interesting as well, right? Yeah. You're going to give more to it. Um, yeah. The more motivated you're going to be to present that work and like if you if your audience can sense that you actually feel and you believe in what you're doing and what you're conveying on stage. Mm -hmm. Fuck yeah. Then you're going to connect more with your audience. And like to me, that's everything. Absolutely. Well, what is what is the audience that comes? OK, you talked about Wiggle Room. I know you've played in all you know, played. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> this is the musician in me popping. Oh, here. no, no, but, no. It's OK. I get that all the time. Right. Yeah. yeah but yeah. I mean, you're doing shows, you know, in many pla different places. And we will get to that uh, later on totally. as well. But um, 
what is the audience like? Because a lot of people, I'm, I'm sure, you know, there's probably a percentage uh, of people out there that may want to go, but have been hesitant for whatever reason. You know, it's kind of like, you know, all the girls that want to go to a strip bar, but are maybe nervous to, and guys as well, for that matter, you know, or yeah. whoever it is. But um, what is the audience like? So it's really funny that you bring that up because, like, as I was saying before, um, in terms of, like, burlesque being a working class, like, mode of entertainment mm -hmm. so traditionally back then it would be a lot of like working class males going to these shows right but nowadays i would argue it's like a 60 to 40 female to male ratio like i knew it that's yeah. why i was asking yeah. Yeah yeah. yeah 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 and like the amount of women that come up to me after the show and are like fuck this was like mind-blowing like mm -hmm. this really speaks to me how do i get involved right. and i'm like well you can come take a class like with me or like oh you teach as well i do teach as oh. well all right yeah. we'll get back to that too <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm like take a class go see more shows mm -hmm. learn like and get involved like we have we have such an amazing scene and community here yeah like one of the most uh like kind of welcoming and wholesome communities that i've i've had like the great pleasure of experiencing really mm -hmm. like there's not many problems that arise in the scene and i think that's beautiful really. absolutely well talking about the scenes and traveling stuff um we're in Montreal right now, and you do obviously a lot of shows in Montreal. Yeah. But you've been on the move as well, right? Like, yeah. do you go across Canada do you, like, or other countries even? Yeah. When you're a traveling musician or yeah. artist or anything, like, you need a fucking place to stay. Absolutely. Like, anybody that thinks it's all <laughs> glitz and glamour, they are like strongly mistaken. At least you're not five having to sleep in a one bedroom hotel, right? <laughs> yeah, but babe, punk rock, right? Well, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my God. Years of that. And cheers to that as well Cheers to right that. now so you got you know access and you're able to see all these different scenes how, how do you rate the Montreal scene compared to all the other scenes uh, well I love Montreal so mm -hmm. much I I would give okay, it so we got it you're biased <laughs> yeah I mean like but also like these are all my friends right, right. so I honestly I would rate it a solid um I would rate it a solid 9 out of 10 because the pay rate is like um, better than a lot of different cities that I've seen. Okay. And also just because everybody's so welcoming and like there's there's oh, hardly, hello, <laughs> there's like not a whole lot of drama and cattiness mm -hmm. um, in the scene, which is excellent because like in this kind of industry, like, you know, there's room for competitiveness and right. cattiness and bitter bitterness and resentment. Right. Mm -hmm. Um like in any fucking absolutely. field, right? A absolutely. But I was wondering about that as well. Like, you know, are, are the performers, are they supporting each other? Or do they like it when somebody kind of messes up so that they can no, appear better? We are supportive of each mm -hmm. other. And I think, like, that's so important for a strong um, community to thrive, not just, like, you know, individually, but as a whole. Right. And also... Um, yeah, the only reason why I would rate it a 9 out of 10 and not a solid 10 out of 10 is because, like, even though we are super, like, um, we want to be diverse and we want to be inclusive and, like, especially for me when I'm producing shows mm -hmm. and I'm, like, the one curating a given show, like, I want there to be, like, a diverse cast, not yeah. just, like, all-female, white, like, typically, like, beauty standards abiding bodies on my mm -hmm. stage. Like, to me, that's not what burlesque is about right you know if you want to go to a fucking strip club like 
you can. Uh, do, you th- do you think that there's a percentage of the crowd that shows up and kind of like, you know, I'll use the typical, like, you know, the jockorama types, you know, that, that show up. It's like, we're coming for strippers, but it's burlesque, you know? <laughs> oh, I've definitely experienced yeah. that. But like, you know, they either like fall in love with burlesque as this <laughs> new entity that they didn't uh, like, that they had this misconception about. And mm-hmm. then they, you know, they they saw it they came all the love here (laughs) (laughs) it's amazing they came they saw they fell in love with the art form Mm -hmm. or they leave right and like that's fine Mm -hmm. like it's you know if if you are coming and expecting a strip club and that's not what you bargain for like that's fine like i love strip clubs both worlds are fine for me but like this one is different and uh and if you're not expecting that then like okay cool but like don't be a fucking asshole about yeah, it yeah exactly like if she's bugging you can you can put her down yeah. she'll never stop i love, I love her <laughs> yeah she's so sweet. the animals are very involved in this show by the way <laughs> Django's always trying to steal the show and try as soon as he gets attention while she comes right it's <laughs> pretty much how it works around here they're but, so sweet yeah um burlesque isn't Full on no, nude? No, 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 no. We always have to wear at least pasties and a okay. G-string. Right. Yeah. Some people wear a merkin, and that's like What's a... That? It's kind of like um, a sexy pad that you glue to your vagina. <laughs> a merkin. <laughs> See, I'm learning shit today. I love this. I got to go get me a merkin. <laughs> yeah. Except you would need to get a special one that could contain your pad. <laughs> right, right. It's <laughs> not just like a... Yeah. You know... There's something about strength that, yeah. that I want to touch on. Um, I don't know, like, you know, maybe there's listeners or viewers out there that, you know, may have been just purely just on a stage before. or But, you know, I think revealing your physical body and not just your, you know, ability that you're showing on, on, on a stage, it comes with something. Oh, you know, definitely. Like, um, I remember we, we just did a, sh- a show for Halloween and we didn't bring costumes. We're like, wow, what are we going to do? All right, we're going to do Cayman <laughs> and the Strippers, you know, go out and underwear. But I mean, like, whether you're, you know, well with your body or not, once it's starting and you're already almost naked or naked, I mean, there's nowhere to go from there, right? Yeah. And I, I even, you know, me being a man that, you know, may even you know not always be a hundred percent comfortable with my body or whatever i did notice that after a couple of minutes like you let it go you know you have no choice almost. yeah you have to yeah you know you, you you continue show goes on and stuff then after a while it's like i i do believe there's a certain um you know chai you're blocking the camera though now you um th- there is a, a certain <laughs> you know liberty strength or whatever yeah. you want to call it i but mean it's definitely something it's that goes so, on it's so vulnerable mm-hmm. and there's so much beauty to be had in vulnerability um i believe you know like so often we're not uh i mean in society we're, we're like we're told you have to wear clothes right and like you know if you show too much emotion like maybe you'll be characterized as weak or mm-hmm. too sensitive but like i believe that like showing your truest form you're fucking naked right you're you're Um, coming in the world that way yeah and like you're it's this really vulnerable position but it's so like it's actually really strong to be in that position Mm -hmm. and it's beautiful and it's also really fucking political so i'm realizing that more and more like uh i've done shows with uh, some burlesque performers in the Mm -hmm. past as well and uh it's a subject that comes up a lot like i I love the way that it's become this liberating powerful i am woman you're not going to tell me how to live you're not going to put rules or restrictions on me and i'm going to do what i want i i I feel a lot of that type of energy 
I'm sure you, other people could probably articulate that better. But that's what came across to me. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And also, like, it's important to factor in, like, men do burlesque too, you know? Oh, like, I didn't even think of people that. People that identify as men mm-hmm. um, do burlesque. Like, trans people do burlesque. Right. Uh, gender non-conforming people do burlesque. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, it's how you... Um, it's how you subvert these like traditional notions of gender or like sexual orientation. Right. Um, like burlesque is really this like open field in which you can like convey whatever message you want to convey or just kind of express yourself the way that you truly feel that you mm-hmm. need to express yourself, like how you are as a person, not what fucking society slapped on you and said that yeah, yeah. like you're a woman, like you need to act this way or like, See, I've always been attracted to powerful people, powerful women yeah. in, in my life. I think it was a part of it uh, being brought up by a single mom uh, yeah. as well. But I've always, it's like, girls are like, you know, rawr. <laughs> you know, we're so taught, especially like, you know, I grew up in the country, you know, hockey players, uh, f- uh, farming, nothing wrong with anything like that. But yeah. like, often, especially like growing up through the 80s and stuff, you know, it just wasn't like that. It was like guys were over here. The typical high school dances, boys on one side, girls on the Definitely, other. You know, and and all this. But, you know, basically you're you're an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. You are your own boss. You, I am. You are a business. I right? am. Yeah. And there's something just so powerful uh, uh, about that, that... Uh, it, you know, not only is that attractive, but it's just so fun to see that I think more and more people these days are becoming, whether whether it's in burlesque or, or, or not, or in other fields, but I find there's more, you know, self-made people these days, you know, that are thinking outside the box. They might not want to work nine to five for somebody else, but trying to figure out ways to, you know, be their own business. And there's yeah. something about that that I'm really attracted to. Me, honestly, me too. And yeah. I think that's why, like, I'm so into... Um, partaking in this field I just Mm -hmm. like to like the thought of working a nine to five and like abiding by somebody else's rules and like you know being polite for the sake of being polite even if punk rock is that (laughs) (laughs) fuck Fuck yeah man (laughs) and like yeah there's something to be told there like yeah I fucking grew up on punk rock I'm a punk rock ass fucking Mm -hmm. bitch and like I'm not gonna play by the rules yeah why should I I'm fucking angry. I'm, oh, that's <laughs> like, it, hey? I'm pissed off every day. <laughs> <laughs> on days that you are angry, walking on stage versus walking off, what happens there? What's the change in feeling? It's catharsis. Mm-hmm. Absolute catharsis. Yeah. It's really a spiritual experience in which I, I get to go on there. I own the stage. I connect with my audience. Mm-hmm. I make them feel, and that's like like extremely gratifying. Yeah. Um, and I also make like I evoke my own emotion in that process mm-hmm. and it's just it's really this incredible release it's almost intangible like it's just a complete energy shift and I just feel so much better like every time I take the take to the stage I'm like yes this is where I need to be right now yeah. and I can't imagine it being any other way fantastic <laughs> fantastic you know we were talking about costumes and stuff like I mean you you know, people that are into burlesque, they, they need to find these costumes. But I also have a feeling a lot of people make their costumes. Oh, yeah. Because is that part of it? Like, uh, I yep. mean, you need a bunch of skills. I mean, first of all, like, there's the physical side of this. I, I've seen some of the stuff you do. <laughs> there is definitely a physical side to this, you know. Yeah. You know, then there's the costume, the performance, the thinking of, you know, what type of, uh, you know, when especially when you're talking about um, almost like the the theatrical aspect of it, yeah. like telling a story in a short period of time and stuff. Where, 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 what are some of the ideas that you, you've come up with and where do they come from? 
Okay, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, just like going to the first part of your question, that's mm-hmm. really where like the multi the multidisciplinary aspect of burlesque comes into play. So, like for right. me personally, I brought in my background in dance training mm-hmm. and in music. Right. So like it always, it always, always, always starts for me with music. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I kind of envision what character I'm going to kind of like portray, yeah. what kind of story I want to evoke. Am I using props? How do these props like, um, like pertain to the story that I'm going to convey? What are the costume pieces that make this character? Mm-hmm. And then to draw everything together, I create the choreography, which ties in all these different elements. Right. So it's so, definitely multidisciplinary. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's interesting though, like it never starts with the dance for me. It's always the music. Okay. And then the feeling right. and the character. So what kind of characters do you do? Like, are we allowed to spill the beans on some of them? Oh, for sure. I mean, this is all <laughs> shit that you can find on my website anyhow. It's you have no a website secret. as well? Yes, I do. What's the website called? Plug it's it. It's sugarvixenburlesque.com. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. You know, a- absolutely. But what kind of like uh, characters ha- have you maybe done in the past? Or for sure. Okay, so in this past year, I actually, um, I created an, an act on War Pigs by Black Sabbath. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's called Enchantress. And the idea is that she's this really powerful witch, but she's in a codependent relationship with this prop snake. And it's this larger than life, fucking huge boa constrictor like <laughs> size snake. Yeah, and um, it, like it's a reveal in and of itself. And the snake is attached to her dress, and then she like unravels her dress because mm-hmm. the zipper is like a winding zipper so it's like she's sn- like she's shedding her snake skin and then she interacts with the snake and then she <laughs> the snake eats out her ass <laughs> naturally <laughs> like snakes do <laughs> and then she decides that she doesn't need the snake to be powerful she's powerful enough on her own uh-huh. so she ditches it and then it just ends in this like really erotic stripper floor work section and then it just explodes if anybody listening to this right now does not want to go see that i don't really want to hang out with you (laughs) but but see okay obviously they're they're short stories basically just because of time limit uh, and they're like oftentimes they're dramatic like they're like little telenovelas i love it yeah i love it yeah okay so do you make your own like props or, or costumes like what's that a lot of the like? stuff i do but the stuff that i'm not um the the stuff that i'm not skilled enough to make i right. have my friends make yeah. so that's like also this really amazing aspect of community it's like mm-hmm. whatever i can't do myself i i ask my friends to do it and i pay them because yeah. that's what friends do we support each other absolutely um so like a lot of my undergarments I make myself, like my pasties, my G-strings, my bras, etc. But then like the larger stuff like gowns and capes and prop snakes. Like I have my wonderfully talented friends now, to do look that. Look at all the skills we, we need here so far. Dancing, <laughs> right? Like, and, and strength, you know, yeah. bravery, yeah, right? Yeah, you got to get get past some, some things. Uh-huh. We're talking about seamstressy stuff. <laughs> What's the yeah. word I'm looking for here? You have to be able to make costumes, yeah. uh, basically have this Styling. creative style, yeah. you, you know, as well. And be able to be, you know, capture an audience. Yeah, you know, hold, hold stage them. presence. There's so much into this. Yeah. It's wild. But also, like, I do my own hair and makeup, right? right? Okay, there's another so one, yeah. Like, 
like I have to do all these things myself. And also like when I go on tours, mm -hmm. I'm my own booking manager. I like, right. I book all my own shows. I book all my own accommodation. I like have to, you know, put the like puzzle pieces together to make sure that my, like my flights and trains and buses all gel together, right. that it makes sense. So you you're know? a travel agent as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like the work never ends, but uh -huh. it's, it's like, it's worth it. It's gratifying to me. Are you able to support yourself uh, off this or do you need like an outside job as well? Or? So for the time being, I so I I perform mm -hmm. as well as teach. Um, eventually, one day I hope to be able to just perform and teach. But um, unless you're like a superstar like Dita Von Teese, who like, you know, she's like a fucking celebrity. Right. Um, you kind of have to have a side hustle. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people... Um, they'll make costumes on the side or they'll okay. teach on the side or they'll strip on the side or some people actually a lot of people work a fucking nine to five job on the side mm -hmm. like musicians exactly yeah, yeah so it's you know it's all about the hustle and like we do it yeah. because we love it but it's also like super gratifying and see i love people with that go get them attitude though you know i mean you you do yeah. have to hustle i mean anybody that wants to you know or feels the need to i i tend to say sometimes you know uh create perform get out there i mean there's so much that comes along with it i often tell people you know i always you know picked up a guitar at you know age 14 15 whatever started playing had dreams of this i didn't know that i'd have to be a t-shirt salesman <laughs> on the side you know <laughs> you know but it all all these things yeah. come, come with it. Well, and it all kind of falls into place, right? Because, mm -hmm. like, at the time, you had no idea what the fuck you were signing up for. Right. But, like, sometimes you just kind of have to be thrown into the juice to, like, actually get that experience Absolutely. under your belt. Absolutely. Sink or swim, right? And yeah. you are swimming. You are, <laughs> I see your name popping up everywhere. Oh, it, Really. You. And it's amazing. Every time I see it, I'm like, yay, girl's doing it, you know? She's thank out you. there. And, because, like, I, I, you know, the whole feeling, like, how you talk about encouraging and supporting your friends and stuff like that, it... it for, for me, there is that aspect, but it's also the whole, the all of it in, in the sense like, you know, you're also working with the clubs that put on the shows. Yeah. If the clubs are closing down, you're not going to have a place to do the shows as well. Exactly. You know, it's why often like, a, you know, when you hear bands come in to a venue and then like they're, they're dissing the venue and stuff like that. I'm like, no, man, those are your people. You need them as well. Like whenever I, we close up at night and doing finance i'm like what you know did the bar do all right as well you yeah. know what i mean because you're all important. working together exactly. it is one team also people that like diss the venue why the fuck are you working there right like, why are you taking their money if you're just going to be a brat mm -hmm. like that is absolutely unproductive and you just look like a fucking two-faced son of a bitch that's so, it like, don't do that <laughs> you sound like you're speaking from experience here you oh, witnessed this right <laughs> yeah yeah we all have yeah. you know uh for sure L let me ask like i mean you know, in society, you'll, you'll, you know, as much as I do think that society is opening and opening, you know, more and more all the time. And I think a lot of people are, you know, learning that burlesque is out there and it's on yeah. a scale that seems to be growing a lot yeah, uh, more definitely. of these days. There will always still be, you stigma. know, absolutely yeah. that comes with it. And then, you know, next thing, you no, know, you have family stigma. You have <laughs> friends that may not understand what it is you're all about. And that's a whole other thing that people, I think, are forced to deal with one way or another. Definitely. You know, was, was that ever... Uh, you know, something that uh, was difficult for you at all? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, like, luckily, so, okay, my, like, closest people to me are my dad and my sister. Mm -hmm. And luckily, and against all odds, really, my yeah. dad was fucking supportive from the get-go, which is way amazing. Way to go, dad. Yeah, way to go, dad. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So like he won't come to my shows, but he's always been like I can understand that too, Dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He won't come to my shows, but like he's always been super duper supportive, like mm-hmm. just on a day to day basis. And like Absolutely. whenever he meets new people, he'll like tell them about burlesque and he'll be like, Oh, go see my daughter. Oh wow. Which is like really fucking rad. Yeah, you know? it really is. Um and like maybe one day eventually he'll come to my shows. Mm-hmm. Like we're not there yet. I can appreciate that. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, my sister was also really supportive. It took my family, like, one side of the family is, like, cool with it now. But mm-hmm. at first they kind of had this moment of, like, oh, my God, what is she doing? Right, right, and right, then right. They, And then they saw that I was, like, good at it and I was talented. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was a creative process. It wasn't just, like, this hyper-sexualization. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, the other side of the family that's, like, you know, very traditionally Catholic, all, like, baby boomer generation. Right. I think I'm like the black sheep whore, <laughs> which uh, which I can live with. Like yeah, fuck yeah. them, I don't care. That's but the attitude. You need to have the attitude to go with it, right? Yeah, I I bet like uh, fuck. I've been doing this for so long. Like anybody that's like, oh, that's taboo. I'm like, really? Like what fucking planet am I on? Like yeah. at this point in time, like if I was, <laughs> so she's always <laughs> wanting to get in on it. <laughs> Sweet kitty. At this point in time, like I. I don't think anything about nudity. It's mm-hmm. so natural to me. Yeah, like I'm it sure. really doesn't mean anything. Did it take a long time to get there, though? Definitely. Yeah. Uh, my first, my first ever performance, I was definitely like intimidated. Mm-hmm. I definitely like had a lot to drink. <laughs> <laughs> you needed some lubricant, okay? Yeah, gotcha. And like even like my first like, I would say my first year of stripping, yeah. I would like you know needed liquid courage and whatnot but like that was only because i grew up in a society that told me that nudity was bad right Mm -hmm. um it like it's take it's been a personal like process and journey with myself to um to understand that these like codes and conventions are actually detrimental and poisonous and they don't actually need to be there and like do you think it's changing is it evolving or is it you know staying the same what's what's your views on that Okay, well, within burlesque, like, I think that um, there's definitely been, like, a a surge of it within the last few years. I think a lot of it had to do in part because of, (laughs) this is going to sound really kind of weird, there was a a Great Gatsby film remake, and and that started a revival of, like, uh, a lot of corporate office parties wanting to have 1920s themed parties like for Christmas okay. and all these other holidays, yeah. right? So 1920s burlesque. Right, so right. So there was like a two-year period in which I was like doing a huge influx of corporate gigs for okay. burlesque. And that was awesome because corporate gigs pay better. Mucho dinero. <laughs> yeah, man. Absolutely. Yeah. You know um, and so that was great. And I feel like uh, now we're kind of just like in a plateau where burlesque is like, yes, it's seen, it's respected. It's mm-hmm. like more or less understood. Yeah. And um, I'm really appreciative. And I'm always super appreciative of that. And like, they'll be like, oh, well, do you have a degree? And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. And they're like, what's your degree in? And I'm like, women's studies. And they're like, oh, cool. I get it. That's good. I, I, I didn't know that. that that's, a, that's really interesting. Yeah. But see, again, we come back to strength. Yeah. Right? And that's, where did you study women's studies? Concordia. That was at Concordia. At the Simone de Beauvoir Institute. And this is before you got involved. With, with burlesque. During. During, okay. During, cool. baby. I mean, like, I, I started doing burlesque freshly out of uh, 
call it out of CJEP. Right. Because we're in Montreal. Like, you were young. In, you were, we're in Quebec. Quebec. That's right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so freshly out of CJEP. And then uh, I just, it, it hasn't stopped since then. So I actually went away to Vancouver. And over there, um, the program is called Gender, Race, Sexuality, and Social Justice, which okay. is more like a descriptive title. And I, I actually right. appreciate that. Okay. The term women's studies is actually quite outdated. It's from the 70s when the program was initially um, developed. Mm -hmm. Actually, Concordia is one of the oldest women's studies programs in all of Canada. Oh, really? Fun Way fact. to go, Concordia. And the yeah. Simone de Beauvoir Institute is in a building that used to be a brothel. No. <laughs> <laughs> what a coincidence. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, no, it really is. I mean, there's so much history involved in this. Yeah, you know, what I mean, like, I mean, you can pull out old cliches. What, what it, like, what it was prostitution is the oldest business. The you oldest, know. Uh, the oldest profession right. in history. It, it, exactly. Yeah. You know, and um, we're talking about half the population. We're, we're talking about women. You know, yeah. it always kind of I, like sometimes. Sometimes it kind of freaks me out, like you know how we're talking women's studies. Okay, we're talking about the study of half the population. Yeah. You know, it's very broad as well, yeah. especially these days since there's more and more. Um, discovery or public knowledge, I'd like to say, yeah. you know, about different gender situations exactly. or, or, so or, that's, or realities. Yeah, you know? that's why the uh, that's honestly that's why the term uh, uh, for that field is really quite outdated. Because mm -hmm. I mean, especially now with the types of like feminism that we deal with, it's just intersecting issues, right? That can right. encompass gender, race, uh, sexual orientation, mm -hmm. issues of disability, of ageism, of religion like it's you know like when i was taking my courses i was studying heavily like indigenous people's rights right, right. because of like you know hundreds of missing and murdered indigenous women in canada absolutely isn't that isn't there a whole highway just like you know famous for that the highway of tears that, yeah. that's that's what it's called yeah, yeah thank you yeah um, no problem it, they're, they're, that's been well documented as well i don't know now, any yeah. numbers or but anything like, like that but, but it's insane yeah. Yeah. And yeah. like, you know, not even that long ago, fucking Stephen Harper refused to see it as a global crisis. Yeah. Even that guy's a douche. Yep. Fuck him. <laughs> I don't like but, that guy. But even like Justin Trudeau, there was an inquiry with with uh, missing and murdered indigenous women. And there was a case that was submitted and he refused to call it a genocide. Really? He just he just wouldn't do it. W was he asked to call it a genocide? Like, I'm just trying to understand what the context was of it. Yeah. So uh, they presented the case to him and they mm -hmm. and the case was essentially like, these are our findings. This right. is a genocide within Canada. And he just would not. When, what is the definition of genocide? Do you, do you, like I, you know, I, I don't have it on me. I, I, I don't you know, this is K-Man don't know shit, so I'm not perfect <laughs> you know, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but I'm definitely curious to, to see if the definition fits this situation i i guess that's fair but you know, it's just like fuck like this is such a serious issue and i absolutely feel, I feel like the least somebody can do is just to you know mm -hmm. give some compassion to the families that have been directly affected and yeah. and and be like yeah call it what it is absolutely you know? absolutely so. you know it, it's incredible i mean you know we're, we're for, first of all i mean just you know like we were saying women half the population uh -huh. mothers children daughters you, you know what i mean like anybody that's not backing our women i just don't fucking understand yeah you know I we're agree. talking about our mothers and our daughters yeah that's who women are mm -hmm. you know i mean obviously they're much more than that <laughs> but you know when you're you know born or you're a five-year-old 
you know, it's your sisters. It's th these are the women in our society. Like, who the hell doesn't want to back this as much as possible? And yeah. I just don't get it. You know, and no. and you and you hear, like, so 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 many people. You know, and I mean. You know, guys will be guys and be, hang out and, you know, talk shit. Same way girls talking shit about dick too and stuff like that. You know, people will say things, you know, in jest and humor or whatever it is. But when it comes down to a, a serious talk or whatever like that, I just can't understand anybody that wouldn't support the, the, the women, uh, you know, around them or yeah. the women they don't know because somebody else's, you know what I mean? It's just that it seems so basic to me, yeah. you know? Oh, it absolutely is basic. <coughs> I, uh... Yeah, I mean, I but that's like what I grapple with, and honestly, that's a huge part of why I do what I do. Mm -hmm. Like the like the work isn't done, you know. Far from it, right? The work is the work is not over. Yeah. So like, you know, am I ever gonna hang up my g-string? Like, <laughs> <laughs> hell no. Maybe when fucking patriarchy ends, but that's not <laughs> happening anytime soon. No, it is. I have a very close friend by the name of Lucy Rust uh, from Winnipeg. I don't mm -hmm. know if you've met or not, but uh, when I speak with her, she reminds me of you. On the political side of things, yeah, and, and that you know these subjects come up a lot in, in discussion, yeah, and it makes me wonder, maybe there's a lot of women that are into burlesque that have you know strong uh, uh, feelings towards gender issues, uh, you know, uh, women. Oh, definitely. Uh, you know. I mean, neo burlesque mm -hmm. in like its current form, I would argue that it's a feminist art form. I don't think that it necessarily has. Um, I don't think we can necessarily call it an intersectional art form because okay. like there's still not we're still not in a place of like where the diversity is like very apparent, you know, mm -hmm. like you can in some instances see like still all white female casts and they're like thin and right, like right. female presenting and that like like, yeah, OK, but like. I want to see more diversity, but that, that's like on a global a, scale. In burlesque, also, like uh, I, I tend to think that there was um, uh, not just more open compared to, to strippers, but like, isn't there a whole thing about like there's a lot of larger women in burlesque as well? Yeah, definitely, uh, right? Yeah, and uh, I, I don't know if that's you know traditionally, but even, who are some of the forerunners? Like I'm thinking, what's her name? Uh, Betty, um, is it Betty Page? Betty Page. Right. So she, I mean, she's a pinup model. Okay. Not traditionally burlesque, but. She did do some videos with Tempest Storm. Who See, that's is, what I saw. Yeah, yeah, so Tempest Storm is actually a burlesque legend. She's still alive. She's still oh. in. She's still performing, and oh, she's wow. in her eighties. There we go. Yeah, yes. fucking fantastic. So, like, <laughs> so yeah. Going back to the question of age, like, mm -hmm. um, we have burlesque legends that are still alive that are the pioneers. Of, do they show up at shows? And yeah, well, so every year there's a huge event in Las Vegas called the Burlesque Hall of Fame Weekender, and it's essentially a fundraiser for the uh, Burlesque Museum, the only burlesque museum in the world, which is in Las Vegas, Nevada. And um, two things I'm surprised. Well, first of all, I'm not surprised that if there is only one, it's, you know, there. Yeah. But I am surprised there's not more. Right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so every, it's like a four day thing mm -hmm. and one night is absolutely dedicated to the legends and, right. and a lot of them still perform. Oh, wow. And it's just incredible. Like yeah. they have more experience with taking their clothes off and their fingernail than like anybody <laughs> else in the whole fucking weekender yeah, yeah. you know absolutely so it's just absolutely inspiring have you to performed see that. there before no no not but you, yet. you went to see it absolutely yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, is that like one of the bucket list uh events definitely it's yeah. like the oscars of burlesque <laughs> mm -hmm. i'm sure you'll be there oh i will absolutely then. don't you worry see 
go get them, right? <laughs> absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I did have a couple of questions I wanted to ask you. Sure. When um, was the physical as aspect of it? Like, first of all, the hours is one thing that, you know, for, for some are probably pretty difficult. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of like bartending hours, I imagine. Oh, right? God. You're right. Yeah, we're, we're talking late nights. But you, you mix that with the whole physical side of things. You know what I mean? Because, yes, you trained as a dancer. May, maybe a lot of others did. I, I don't really know. You know yeah. what I mean? But, I mean, when I saw some videos uh, of you working, I mean, you're, you're not just going in, going through the paces. You're giving it all. And it looks like, I'm like, man, if I did 30 <laughs> seconds, 45 seconds, one minute of that, I'd be like dying, huffing and puffing and stuff. <laughs> like, I mean, there must be like what, training involved. Like how do you prepare before you get on stage? I'm talking, when, when I say that, that's kind of a two-part question because mm -hmm. there's the, the long term before you get on stage and the 10 seconds before you get on stage part of this Definitely. question. Definitely. You know? So like... On a day-to-day -day basis, I, I train, like I go into the studio, I rehearse, you know, mm -hmm. like think about like a musician and their band having to jam every week, right. multiple times a week. I yeah. have to do that too. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, before getting on stage, I always stretch, I warm up, I have different kind of like mental exercises that I do oh, yeah. where I like breathe, I like mm -hmm. get into like a happy, comfortable place, I'll listen to music, I'll smoke cigarettes, I'll have a <laughs> shot of tequila. Whatever like, it is. That, just that, that, my personal rituals, yeah. right? So yeah. it's just kind of like, it comes with time, it comes with experience, but like I have certain methods that work for me and mm -hmm. like definitely just keeping my body in constant motion and right. uh, just always kind of rehearsing and training, taking dance classes here and there. Right. I teach, so I'm always just kind of like, I'm moving like five out of seven days of the week. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. because like I, I know like sometimes uh, if I get on stage, I, I learned really quickly that because our, our music's pretty fast, so right from the get-go, and yeah. I'm singing, right, while I'm moving and, you know, uh, yeah. you know do, doing Cardio, what it is I do. Baby. But that's it. If I don't like <laughs> warm up, even if it's like, a minute before there, I can notice different because then I'll be huffing and puffing through the first few lines of, uh, of music until I kind of get my go on, get my cardio going. But yeah. like when you come out, I'm pretty sure that like depending on what the show is, I'm sure you have all kinds of different styles. But like sometimes it must be like, bang, you're on, you know. Oh, when you're on, you're on. Yeah. yeah. Like, do you have to warm up like physically a lot like before you get on there? Or do you, do you have like when you're talking about the routine, I'm, I'm thinking like, you know, you're talking about stretching. Like for me personally, sometimes I have to jog in place for a minute and get the cardio <laughs> up. So when I go on, it's not hitting me right away. Yeah. You know? No. Do, yeah. Definitely. There's exercises like that that come into play. Mm -hmm. Like before I get before I take to the stage for a competition, I'm definitely doing like a 30 30 minute exercise that's it yeah um to just like get my body warmed up so that when i do some of the more acrobatic shit that i do on stage <laughs> i'm not pulling something and injuring right. myself well exactly like my body is my work vehicle mm -hmm. like if like i don't have benefits i don't have uh like coverage like if i'm if i can't work i don't work i don't get any money you just brought up a huge <laughs> thing yeah okay i mean like this isn't you know when I'm saying you're an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. you're you know the boss of your body, and you place yourself wherever you want to be placed in this society yeah. to to as a job, uh, as a job. But there are no insurances no. and benefits. But do do people ever talk about things like that? Like it, you know, is there a way to? get benefits and insurance and stuff like this like do people look into this i mean we talk about like we talk about it amongst ourselves like mm -hmm. because burlesque is like still like niche kind of quote unquote lowbrow art right um traditionally mm -hmm. like there's no way that we can kind of like start a union you right, know right. unless like the burlesque hall of fame museum 
um, like grows and then like starts employing people. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but that's like a that's a fucking huge process. Yeah, yeah uh, for um, sure. But I mean, like, there should be something. Like, I mean, like for. I guess it comes probably like even outside of burlesque, but yeah. I mean for people that do work on their own, I, I, maybe there's a way of getting private insurance and stuff like that. You know, that's kind of what you have to do. You yeah, know? because um, like if you go down, you you break a leg, you're not working for a little bit. Mind you, I have a feeling you'd still figure out a way to work it into your show. <laughs> well, that, but also just like paying the bills, well, right? That's so, it. Yeah. so that's why I have to be smart, and that's why I always kind of just like make sure that everything's in order so mm-hmm. that so if i do need like an emergency fund i'm safe i'm yeah. not fucked well know? exactly yeah because uh i've chosen this life but i've also chosen the responsibilities that come with this life so. what i like about your your path is uh you know h- how you got in and the age you you did uh, so young well, <laughs> so so young but you seem to ha- have come in w- with support mm-hmm. with a background before with a clear idea or yeah. clear-ish. It probably even changes and evolves as you It has you, you It go, has you know? evolved, matured, and developed and grown over time. Right. And, um, I, uh, like, the more that I kind of go through life, this mm-hmm. is, it's a huge part of it. So I'm yeah. super thankful for that, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so listen, we've been talking for a while, and... What do you have coming up? Like, uh, like I, I, you know, you have all this history, but like, what is coming up for you? Like, what you got going on? So for me, coming up, I'm going to be producing a show on March 21st. Mm-hmm. It's called Rock and Roll Babeland, and it's going to be happening at the Wiggle Room, right and here in Montreal. Yes, here in Montreal. Um, it's a fucking rock and roll burlesque themed show and mm-hmm. it's just a huge party. There's go-go dancing. Sounds wild. Um, it's wild. It's absolutely <laughs> wild. And then soon thereafter, I'm going to be taking off to Panama to compete. What? Yeah, to compete there. Panama. Right? <laughs> I need to see back. <laughs> like, there's competition. You just brought it, brought up something else here that there is competition there in this is as well, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I just I spent a month and a half in Europe this past mm-hmm. fall, and I just did. I just like banged out uh, a series of competitions, and I actually won a couple of crowns, which I'm quite proud of. Congratulations! Thank you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's that competitive aspect. But mm-hmm. the, like at the end of the day. <laughs> at the end of the day, if you don't take yourself like too too seriously yeah. and you like have fun no matter what you do and you don't let yourself get too down and too defeated, like mm-hmm. that's the best and healthiest kind of frame of mind to have. Absolutely. What would you tell eighteen year old you? I won't say another person, but eight, <laughs> eighteen year old you. What would you tell eighteen year old you? That is <laughs> you know, that first thought of, hmm, I think I wanna do this. Buckle up, bitch. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be a ride. <laughs> <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, that, that's wild because, like, you know, like, uh, the reason I say that because, you know, s- some young people, I, I, I do think they, they look up to strong women as well. Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, they might be like, hey, I want that lifestyle. And I'm sure it's great for f- some people, but I'm sure it's the type of lifestyle that's probably not great for everybody. Same way oh. I wouldn't tell everybody to live my lifestyle. Definitely. Either, you know? I mean, tons of. Tons of people that I started doing burlesque with, actually, mm-hmm. um, or were in the scene when I entered it right. many years ago, they don't do burlesque anymore. Really? Yeah. That's a common thing. Like, mm-hmm. there's this kind of point in time that it's, honestly, it's like the burlesque crossroads, okay? Right. Going down to the crossroads. Okay? <laughs> yeah. So it's like- Make a deal with the devil. <laughs> yeah. You either make the choice, like, I want to make a career move out of this, mm-hmm. or you decide that you've kind of coasted 
and like it's been fun while it's lasted but you right. can't really sustain this yeah, and yeah. then you kind of just like stop and you move on to other stuff or you you dedicate your life more seriously to your career whatever it may be for sure do you like the whole teaching aspect to it yeah yeah teaching teaching is awesome it's actually super gratifying um the only thing is like it takes a lot of preparation right, and like right. Teaching is like a whole other animal where like you have to like be on and like you have to make sure that you're explaining things in a very concise and like understandable way. Mm-hmm. And if if my students have questions, I'm like, okay, yeah, fuck, like let's go back into that and like I better fucking explain myself clearly. Yeah, so yeah. anyway, like, yeah. <laughs> like, well, for sure, it, it's it's a totally different thing. I mean, just yeah. the act of teaching, no matter what the subject is, yeah. is a thing in itself you have to as be well, right? So present right Mm -hmm. i mean you have to be present when you're on stage but this is like a different kind of presence so i love it and like i love making my students laugh so i like definitely love encompassing like jokes and like just like different approaches to make myself seem like more personable and approachable you have no problem with that i'm sure right (laughs) but i mean you have a a gift i don't know if actually i don't know if you had this before you started burlesque or and you just or you had it uh, you know it developed as you know as you found yourself and through burlesque and stuff but like you are you do come across as somebody that's very confident uh you know who who articulates very well oh, can explain you. explain you know different facets of, of life or whatever it is whatever you're, you're studying but like do you think you were like that before just as a human being naturally or is it something that developed a lot you know through this process of like because Technically, I, I I tend to think anything with your your uh, path that you've chosen. Uh, you're building confidence through it, right? Definitely, absolutely. Um, I think it's definitely been a process. I would mm-hmm. say that I've always been a fighter, just because of like my history and my right. life. Um, but that's definitely something that's be- like I've been able to take that aspect and fine tune it and kind of like use it within this um, this medium within this field that I'm in, which is pretty awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I want to say cheers. Cheers. I want to say thank you for coming by the podcast and hanging out with me today. And uh, came and learned some shit today. <laughs> Fuck cheers yeah, you, you did. You Rock don't and change. roll. You are awesome. <laughs> thank Yay. you. Say bye, Django. <laughs> All right, peace out, everybody. And uh, what a what a guest I had today. I've been wanting to sit down with this lady for. It's been months since it we talked been, about it. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure uh, we'll get some news. So if you are in Montreal. Check out the Wiggle Room. She's got shows coming up. And if ever you hear uh, Jackie Sugar Vixen around town, go say hi. Tell her K-Man sent you. All right, peace out. Oh, K-Man don't know shit.